five, four, three, two, one. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Moon Tea Podcast. Today we have Sam, who hopefully his hopefully his uh, headphones are working and he can hear us. Yeah, I can hear you guys. I don't know if you can hear me. Yay, we can hear Yay. you. <laughs> well, it sounds like my mic works, but then my audio comes from the computer, but good enough. We'll take it. Um, yeah, I don't know who Sam is, but I guess we'll, the three of us will have a conversation for the next hour and uh, yeah, how's it going? Going good. Hopefully it's your uh, sweatiest podcast to date. I just got done with a quick run, jumped in the shower. So uh, hopefully, hopefully the sweatiest one. Ooh. You, you, you've taken the cake congrats <laughs> gotta be good at something i love it well just to quickly introduce sam sam's a good friend of a friend of mine who's sam's now becoming a good friend of mine so it becomes full circle and nick i think we had him on episode 25 and john i think 21 or so they're really good friends and grew up in, together in childhood and such and so Sam's become, you know, I guess a pretty interesting and kind gentleman, you know, supposedly studying a lot, reading a lot of interesting books and making some really cool graphic tees as well as being an entrepreneur and creating some really cool products. Mm, I, I know that's very generic. So if Sam, you want to quickly introduce yourself and then we can go from there. <laughs> sure. Um, well, grew up in Arizona. I'm uh, 28, I guess, 29 in February, already starting to forget like what year I'm on and uh, uh, grappling with age and everything. So um, it's going all right. I uh, grew up in Tucson, lived there for five years, got one older sister. Mom and dad moved to Mesa, Arizona. Um, it's like five or six, moved up here, lived here for most of my life, except for the last two years in Denver, Colorado. Uh, my girlfriend moved up there and I went along with. So I've been enjoying that. Now we're trying to potentially snowbird, uh, hopefully earlier than most people get to it and enjoy it while we're young, spend the summers and springs up in Denver and come on down here for the winter. Um, so we're down at my parents' house right now, hanging out. Um, yeah, I like to read, play tennis, basketball, getting into running, trying to run a half marathon in January with uh, one of our buddies, Decker. So uh, trying to stay fit uh, in mind and body, um, have a business that we run. I've been doing that for four or five years. That's kind of what he was saying when he says we make cool products. We've got about 30 products that we sell on Amazon. Uh, business is uh, slow for the first couple years and then picking up lately so we can live off of it and work from home and kind of make our own schedules and try to find time to do some good work. So that's some of the stuff I do. Um, you mentioned the graphic tees. This is an old graphic tee from, uh, it's probably backwards for you guys, but it was an event that we planned at one point. And the idea was for everybody to have uh, such a t-shirt on with their top 10 conversation topics. And people could see quickly what people were interested in, cut through the small talk and uh, get straight to talking. It could be like a dating event, but it never actually happened. So it's kind of an idea still in the back of my head. And we were talking about it last night, so that's why I wore the shirt, dusted it off, 
Uh, so yeah, try to stay focused really on the Amazon business and not let too many business ideas take me off on side rabbit trails. And so same focused and consistent. That's kind of what I try to do. And then the only, I don't know only, but one other interesting thing I do is run a mastermind group with me, John um, from episode or 21, that, if that was right, Decker and my girlfriend. We meet weekly and try to work on our goals and take care of each other, support each other. So I'm looking to do some more masterminding, maybe open up a new group here in 2022. Um, so we're just kind of looking forward to going back to Colorado and back to our lives there do some hiking, some winter stuff, maybe some skiing. So that's kind of me. Awesome. That was cool. Uh, for those for those of you listening to the podcast, Sam's shirt says, let's talk in bold letters. And then books, self-employed, meal prep, goals, uh, and a few other topics. And I mean, definitely a, a conversation starter. It's literally, it's literally just like, like asking about these things. That's really cool. Uh, I don't even know where to start. I feel like, I feel like you just had like four big topics, any of which we could jump into for the next hour. Um, I mean, I'm kind of curious. Amazon business all the time because uh, that kind of interests people. So we can talk about that or go somewhere else. Or I always enjoy like life topics and purpose and. Uh, stuff like that so if you guys have any kind of topics or questions you get into on that topic that's cool with me too or wherever you guys are interested is fine yeah and so so you're friends with john uh Mm -hmm. and so you so you kind of like mutual friends with you that's how you two know each other yeah you and i played basketball together a few times i think we met there went to a famous dave's happy hour went to dinner last night you helped me with some photography stuff for our Amazon business. I'm hoping cool. to do a hiking trip in February. So kind of getting to know each other more. Hang out. Awesome. Let's let's jump into the Amazon business. Uh, first of all, sounds super cool. Uh, I I know of at least one friend who uh, tried to get into drop shipping and basically he he lost money for a while. I think he lost like 10 grand and then he just stopped for a while. Um, not sure about the status of it, but my guess is he's not involved with it anymore. Uh, yeah. Can you can you talk about, about what you were doing before you got into Amazon and, and kind of like the story of the early days there? Yeah, sure. Uh, so I worked at Arby's for four or five years, just like a cashier, drive through cashier, make the fries, make the sandwiches sometimes, but I was kind of slow for that. Usually like quicker hands on the sandwiches, but uh, worked there, which was just a, you know, worked through high school and college and stuff, saved up some money, like 10 or 12,000 bucks, which was kind of neat. Did a little bit of stock investing on a crazy tip from a friend and got to buy American Airlines and they were going to go bankrupt basically. And they were $2 a share. And they went up to like $30 a share. So I put some money into that and had, I don't know, 30, 40 grand out of that. Just lucky having worked at Arby's, had the little cash in the back pocket and tried something. And he was like, this is cheap. I was like, okay, I'll just keep putting money into that. So I had a little bit of money to get started with, which always helps. Um, After Arby's, I worked at ASU in the financial aid office. After that, I worked at a construction company in the office doing accounting kind of stuff. And then 
uh, worked at a staffing firm. So I was bouncing around different jobs, worked a couple years here, a couple years there. And uh, let me try to close that. Um, sorry, I closed my blind, so I'm not blinding you guys, hopefully. <laughs> um, so I worked at the staffing firm, met a friend there, and we started a business doing event planning. And that's where this shirt and the uh, discussion for like, uh, get to know each other, singles event kind of idea came up. And we ran a few bar crawls, which was kind of odd because I'm not really that into alcohol. And uh, did that, kind of realized after a while, like, oh, this isn't really what I want to do. I want to bring people together, but not necessarily around drinking. And at the same time, had started the Amazon business. And I think I just found, about it, found out about it from a YouTube ad, the kind that just spam people. And once you watch one, then you get it over and over again. And it's like, oh, you can make so much money selling your own stuff and importing it from China. And it's not hard. It's like, okay, what the heck is this? Because I was getting at that point a little bit um, feeling kind of purposeless in W-2 jobs, especially ones that I wasn't an important part of. I was just kind of a cog in the machine and uh, kind of a frustrated, depressed cog at that. And um, found the Amazon thing and just decided to give it a shot. So we bought a course, it was a thousand bucks. It was me and business partner from the beginning. And we just started learning it and stuck with it, launched our first product, which we went back and forth a lot. It was really uh, nerve wracking because we're ordering from China for the first time. It's probably like a $4,000 order or something. And we put like $10,000 into the business. Uh, so definitely getting through the being a beginner and not sure what we're doing, double checking all our work, worrying a lot and getting all signed up on the platform and finally paid for the order. It's made uh, 30 days, 60 days later, started selling it on the platform. And basically we went a whole year with that product uh, and maybe another product towards the end of that year, made almost no money to basically break even, sold, I don't know, maybe a thousand units of the product in the first year. So it wasn't really anything to write home about. It's not like, okay, I can quit my job. I've got it all set up. It's like, man, this is slow. Uh, so then we just kept sticking with it. We found some other products, launched them. It's slow. It's slow. We're not making any money. Like two years goes by uh, total. And it's like, okay, now we're really like break even or we made like a couple thousand bucks. So it's still nothing to write home about. Um, third year is better. We've got to make, um, I don't know, 50,000 or something profit. And then fourth year is kind of where we're at now, like closing in the fourth year or maybe four and a half years and much better, we can live off it, we can take a salary, we're up to 30 products. So it's really a matter of sticking with it and learning along the way. We launched products that didn't work and some that did work and those that worked, we found things to like spin off with it or add accessories. Um, so that's kind of the Amazon story. We've had to grow a lot as business partners and go through watching our savings account like dwindle, then go negative and then be like, uh, well, we're in it, don't really want to go for a job, so we're just going to like rat along and hope this turns around at some point, and finally uh, it did, and we feel pretty lucky and want to keep it going, so we're sort of paranoid of uh, anything bad happening to it, so we want to keep it alive and healthy, keep launching products, good customer service, um, make products that people like, and that's kind of where we're at today. Out of curiosity, what products did work for you guys which ones didn't work uh which ones did work and what are some that did not work yeah um i can show you one that didn't work it's uh i'll just grab it real quick 
What's it going to be, Hugh? I wonder. I Dildo. Oh, my goodness. That might have worked, though. No, this is probably a pretty bad dildo, but um, it's a little cute fox pot. So it's a ceramic pot. That's um, really cute. Probably like <laughs> three inches by three inches, roughly. and put a little plant in it. And uh, we made 4,000 of these and sold them <laughs> instead of four. And we ended up selling them all, but it was really slow. We made no money. And honestly, we just didn't know our costs. So each one we sold, we basically lost money or broke even. And it was really slow. And then eventually, as we sold through them, we're like, we're not doing that again. So we had to cancel that. Um, one of our products has a spelling error on it. So that kind of hurts. Uh, so we're just trying to sell through that. We thought we fixed the error. And then we went to order another batch of it. And that had the error on it, which was our fault. So uh, we're making just dumb, dumb uh, uh, <laughs> attention detail mistakes at times. Um, so that's a couple of things that didn't work. And then some that did or do. So we've got a glow-in-the-dark dinosaur blanket. I don't think I have one around I can show you, but it's a kid's blanket. It's super soft. It's like that plush microfiber, and it has dinosaur shapes cut out of it that glow in the dark, so kids charge it up. Super soft. It's cuddly for them, and they love dinosaurs. It's a real cool gift. Uh, so we love getting reviews, like grandmas, grandpas buy it for the grandkids, and they're like, oh, my grandson loves it, and my granddaughter steals it from him all the time. And So we, we get a kick out of that. Uh, we've got sort of along the lines of the conversation shirt. We've got conversation cards, and they're basically questions to prompt a conversation. So we've got a couple box sets. One is for couples. So whoever your partner is, you ask each other questions, get to know each other, spend quality time together. We've got one of those basically for grandkids to ask grandparents to learn about them and learn about family history and heritage and knowledge about life. We've got one for friends, so it's like 400 questions for friends to ask each other. Uh, so those all do fairly well and honestly pay the bills. And we've got a couple other ones and just then a variety. Some are successful, some are slow selling and just a catalog of different stuff that we hope is fun and that in some way makes the world a better place, either kids with snuggly blankets or uh, couples that are communicating better. That's fun. Are, is everything sourced from China? Yep. Oh. Super cool. Wow. I'm, I'm amazed that you and your business partners kept at it for, you said it took like two years before you got past break even. Pretty much, yeah. It felt much slower than we expected. We were kind of sold that uh, this is going to be easy and big and not competitive and what and maybe it was, it was just the way we did it. It was uh, slow and small and uh, a struggle. But yeah, we just kept going with it. We didn't really know what else we wanted to do. So we enjoyed that. We enjoyed the basically the prospect of the future if it did work out. And we kind of got lucky with our second product that took off much more than the first one and kind of built the base of the business that enabled us to do the next thing. So I guess it's a lesson that if you just stick around after the first failure, maybe your second one is a good base for your future successes. What's what's next? You're gonna have a course, launch more products. Um, Probably no course. Um, I did explore looking into doing a mastermind uh, for Amazon sellers. I'm in a free one meets once a week we've got other sellers on a similar level and we talk about the business and 
considered partnering with one of those guys to um, basically create a paid one where people can join up and have a community and learn more about the business. But that kind of, uh, I, I ultimately realized I don't really have a passion for like helping people make money. Um, I, I like helping people improve themselves, make the world better. And I'm not anti-money, um, but I, I'm not really so interested in like the business systems and like, hey, here's how you make more money because I don't know how that money is going to be used. It's cool to maybe like help them free themselves up and contribute and give back and stuff. But if the money's not necessarily helping the world or helping people, I'm not that jazzed about uh, helping people do it. So probably no course. Um, it's probably a good financial move, but no, no real interest. And in, uh, just kind of like being in the background, creating products, getting them together, putting them out into the world. So what's next for us is more products, really, like you said. Uh, just keep designing products. We've got a few things in the works I'm kind of excited about. And uh, then kind of see where our personal lives take us and what we want to learn about and get into. And really the business um, offers us opportunity to explore and not be too stressed or too like under the gun, under like somebody else's uh, vision for our lives, I guess. Have you guys looked into... Uh, making a Shopify website and selling product directly. Yeah, yeah, we do have a shop. We have three Shopify websites, I guess, because we've got different brands, uh, but they're very new. We don't really get much traffic on them, which is why we were so slow to do it in the first place. We didn't feel like we had a great handle on driving the traffic. Uh, so we've got them up and running. We're, we'll see uh, in the next year what, what we do with them. Dude. Super cool. Lots of respect. Sticking, Thanks, sticking with it and doing the whole entrepreneurship thing. But yeah, I feel like yeah, I feel like uh, a lot of people can relate with the with the uh, feeling dragged about having like kind of like a W two job where where it's like other people have the priorities for you other people like um in some cases they're like micromanaging you um i'm luckily luckily i think you and i are in like a better w2 situation um so we're kind of fortunate in that way but um yeah it's like super cool that you you're able to pull it off and i'm sure i'm sure there's a lot of uh a lot of like hard work and it's it's just like any other job but um yeah like you guys you guys are doing your own thing yeah thank you and no disrespect to w2 work um at one point when basically so like i said when savings went to zero and then went negative it's like all right time to get some income so i went to work at an insurance company doing uh, uh insurance claims uh car claims so when somebody gets a wreck they call into me and we figure out what to do and what body shop to go to and everything else. And when I was in there and doing the training and working, I was like, jobs are awesome. Like you go in, you show up and you get paid. And so there's definitely a, a time and place for both. <laughs> it just depends what you really want and what you're having fun with. At the jobs that I worked at, I often just didn't feel like I had a future there. I didn't really understand the career path or want any part of it necessarily, just in the jobs and roles I was in. So for me, making something our own made, made a lot more sense. 
and it's been really rewarding. But I know there are good jobs out there too, and it can be fun to work with the community and not have so much responsibility too. You go in, hopefully, sometimes, and you go home and you go back the next day, but you don't necessarily run to the things where it's like, oh, there's no money in the bank account, or you know, this uh, whole shipment of stuff is stuck, or this product's not working. So uh, definitely a time and place for both. But yeah, it, it has been pretty lucky to be where we're at, to be able to run our own thing and pay ourselves and kind of express ourselves creatively too. Hugh, do you have any more Amazon uh, questions or uh, before I before I wanted to move on to the next topic? Totally. I, one question is, I knowing you and Decker a bit, is having a business partner, what is some things that you might have found to be easy or difficult or learning experiences as you grew a company together through the thick and thin of it all, the highs and lows per se? Man, open, open up a can of worms with that question. I think almost with, well, I, I'm probably just projecting, but I was going to say with almost any business partnership, you answer, you open a can of worms with that one. Just like a relationship or a friendship, there's always um, ups and downs and quirks and stuff. Um, I think we've gotten better at working together. Well, actually, we start out great in the beginning because it's like, eh, there's no risks. We're just starting out. We're both learning. We're both at the same stage. And then we went through kind of a middle period where we had to balance our work a little bit better and try to get our workload the same. Uh, so that was kind of a struggle. I'll find that I like to take a lot of ownership and responsibility. So I'll sometimes hoard the work and take it all, not share and leave him with not much to do and then blame him for not doing much. So that's not very fair and kind of a dumb dynamic to be in. Uh, so I have, to get, I have to get better at sharing and initiative, initiative from him is helpful. So it's, I think it's very person dependent. Um, only things I can really say in general is like uh, give really clear expectations over and over again, especially from the beginning. So that you kind of know what each person is willing to do, what each person wants to happen with the business. And then life comes along sometimes and that changes and people can go in different directions Not that we necessarily have, but we try to constantly come together and make sure we're on the same page along the same path as much as two individuals with very somewhat different lives um, can be on the same path. So it is nice to have somebody along for the ride. I know some people don't really care for business partnerships just because they can get contentious. A lot of people say, don't work with family, don't work with friends. I kind of like it. You kind of know the person. Decker and I have known each other for like 10 or 12 years. So I know at least going into it that I can trust the person rather than maybe a friendship that's just newer and you're not really sure. Um, people can always put on a nice face. So I kind of like to go with the friends and family route of somebody you know and um, it works out. But then there are also risks. It's like, ah, the friendship could be in jeopardy if things go real south. So, um, it's been a, a journey, you know, we're growing together and I feel like we trust and respect each other and um, get smarter every day. So hoping for the best and I think we'll be all right. If you could, if you could start over from scratch today, what would you do different, if anything? Um, Give me a second to think about it.
you know, I'm, I'm not really sure. You know, every step of the, like every step along the way, we just did the best we could. And I, I don't really have a great, like, oh, I wish we'd found this product earlier. That would have been cool. You know, if some of the products that are successful now we'd started with earlier could have been handy, but I don't know how we would have done that. And we didn't really have a ton more money to like launch them faster necessarily. It was grown very organically. So uh, without, we could have maybe taken on funds, but that could have changed things. Um, I don't really know. We've done it basically at, at any given day, the best we could that day and tried to direct it from the beginning to make good products for people and free up our lives and do it together. So some days we did well at that, some days we did less well, but I'm pretty happy with it. Love that. And then one other question is, how do you be creative about things? How do you come up with things? How do you, 30 products? And I'm sure you have to find originality in a way. And I'm sure there's, you know, bits and you get from competitors and whatnot, but how do you guys do it? What's something that you found to help with the creative process? Along the way, um, honestly, we do a lot of copying as far as that's, mm -hmm. we try to take what works and kind of what's proven and add our spin on it, which is sort of where the creativity comes in. Um, somewhat, we've made a few newer products that didn't really exist before. And I think that can work, especially if your marketing is strong and our marketing is not that strong. So we'll make these somewhat creative new products and then they don't sell. Uh, so since Amazon is keyword focused where somebody has to type in the thing, they need to know what to type to search for your product. So if you make something that nobody's really seen before or is already looking for, it's very hard for anybody to find you, very hard to get any sales. Um, so where the creativity comes from is either we see so we know a couple different niches where we have products. So sometimes we'll say, okay, this works in this one. Why don't we apply that over in this one? So it's just kind of cross-pollinating and filling out where we have a foothold, adding some work, what works in pool A to pool B. Um, some of it is what we would like to see as consumers, like the conversation cards for couples. We made it how we would want it if we were buying that product and want help with our relationship and to connect more with our partner. So at some point, we kind of try to validate the market and say, would customers, do customers buy conversation cards? So we look at Amazon, we use some software and said, okay, yeah, they, they buy it quite a lot. It's like, okay, do they buy it for kids or grandparents or in classrooms or whatever? So we find kind of where the volume is. It's like, okay, people buy couples cards a lot. So we, we have the idea. It's kind of given to us, no real creativity required other than bouncing around on Amazon and verifying. And then the creativity kind of comes with, all right, let's come up with all the questions for this thing, um, how we want it and what, what would get to the heart of the matter or help two people grow together. So creativity somewhat just, it, we have these boundaries and then we try to improve within it. And then another thing we did was try to find more meaning in our work. So we did a little document that just asks questions about what we find meaningful in life. Questions like, what are the things that make you cry? Um, what do you like to see in the world? Are there any brands you love? Are there any products you love? So we created this document, we went through it together and we started to identify different like product groupings or families or um, just our own interests really. So kind of once we had that and we found things like 
um, space exploration, education, therapy, um, introspection. It's like, okay, we've got these things. It's like, what products fit within these? And then that's really up to us. It's like, what would people like? What's going to sell? What can we make profitably? And so it's just a big game of testing things out and you run the idea by someone and they're like, Ooh, I don't think that's going to be good. Or like, that doesn't sound very interesting or it just sounds too confusing. So we kind of have to pare it down sometimes and really sell to the market and sell things that we're still proud of. So I hope that gives you some insight into the creative, creative aspect. I love it. And how do you, uh, how do you go about finding suppliers? Like, uh, We'd go on Alibaba there. You can, there are other ways, but Alibaba is basically a website where there are suppliers and they'll tell you what they make and then you can message them. And so we'll either find very similar products they already make, or they maybe we're making a metal product. So we go to kind of like a metal factory and then we show them sort of what the product is. We start a conversation. Uh, we try to ask a lot of hard questions to test their communication level and willingness to do business. And if we're getting good answers that show that they're experts in their industry and they want to do business with us, then we basically like let them do business with us if they're going to play ball and the pricing is fair and the product's profitable and we feel like it's safe for our customers and it's the things that we want for our customers. So Alibaba is just straight where we go to. Some people do sourcing agents in China. Other people go to China and meet factories in person, have somebody on the ground there. Some people source in the U.S., but for us, uh, we, we like that just tech-dependent message system. Really, really easy. Super cool. All right, I want to jump into the next topic. I'm curious about the mastermind that you run and um, curious how you and your partners thought to start it, um, what you guys are trying to do, and and where maybe where you want to take it so yep um so if you read any personal development books at all you hear that you're the average of your five friends or some variation of that you know who you surround yourself is who you become um, your thoughts are who you become so having people around you with good thoughts and good habits helps you improve as a person uh, so you read enough of those books and it's like all right darn it let's get a group of people together so <laughs> we did um we uh, maybe two or three years ago, we had a goal meeting in person. Uh, we had two different groups, one with six people, one with four people. And they were different friends of mine from high school and just life people in Arizona who, I guess, honestly would put up with me trying to get them to achieve their goals uh, more than anything. Or they've just shown an interest in personal development or making more money or being more fit, losing weight. Uh, so we, we had that those groups running for about a year, but we honestly ran them infrequently, maybe once a month or every month and a half or so, which just wasn't enough uh, touch point to really make too much progress. We got to know about each other's goals. We had some fun hanging out, but we didn't see a lot of results. So eventually I canned it. And then I was like, ah, oh, man, that mastermind thing, it still seems good. You hear a lot about it with elite business people or people who are really in the, into the personal development space. Like, oh, I love my mastermind more than anything else I've ever done. Like, ah, how do make this happen? Um, so I, I did join the um, Amazon mastermind that I mentioned before. It was posted about on Reddit about a year ago. Um, it's run by a friend of mine who would become friends with anyway. Um, it is funny applying to it because he's kind of like a million dollar a year Amazon seller. 
Um, so their account sells a million dollars worth of products, million dollar revenue business. And at the time we were probably doing like 500K a year. So I was like, oh, let's get into this group of million dollar sellers. Like I can learn from them. That sounds awesome. So I came into it as this little guy, like, please, please let me in. Like I'll do whatever I can to help your group. And I'll take notes and like, whatever you want me to do, I'll help plan meetings. I ran some goal meetings in the past. So he was like, yeah, sure, come on in. And so he had a group was running that. So I, I kind of saw from him how he'd run it. Usually we'd come in and our group had like 10 people in this Amazon mastermind um, and see how I'd run it. We usually start with wins and updates for each person. And then we'd talk about challenges, whatever was happening in each other's business. And then if anybody had a really big challenge, focus on that and learn from each other, kind of scrape some of that together into documents and resources. Uh, and that's basically what we've been doing for the last year in that group. Um, and then because that was, well, actually in talking to him further, I got involved with a paid mastermind, which is just more of a personal development mastermind. So I pay to be a part of that. It's pretty expensive, uh, almost $600 a month. So that's pretty crazy. Um, that's been cool. Uh, I've got a group of like seven guys who are in different businesses, real estate, um, vending machines, power washing. So they're different entrepreneurs all throughout the, the country, kind of in a different stage of their lives. They're around their like 40s or so, so they're a bit ahead of me. Uh, so it's fun to learn from them. We talk about personal issues. We talk about business. And uh, it's like, man, this is, this is good. Uh, so I've grown my business through being in there. I've grown more confident. I've grown more like centered. I've taken some of the, the examples they've set and wanted to do things like they've done or be kind of like them in some ways. Uh, so for me, the idea of the mastermind and growing from it works pretty well. And it's enjoyable for me. I like going to the meetings and talking about personal issues and working through stuff, giving advice, supporting each other. Um, so realizing that I like kind of that coaching and talking together, the whole masterminding as a verb, putting all our minds together and bringing out the best of it. Uh, it's like, all right, let's do that with our friends. So just to help each other and learn from each other, grow closer together, work on our goals. So I started a group with basically the people, actually John called me and we wanted to talk about goals. I was like, well, do you want to do a weekly call with uh, some other people? He was like, yes, I do. So I went with probably my most enthusiastic uh, friend to get it started and then um, added uh, my girlfriend and business partner in too. And we all just kind of help each other. We've been doing that for like two or three months now, uh, weekly calls for about an hour. We kind of went through defining what our goals are and now we're just breaking them up. We're planning for what our objectives are for 2022, quarter one. So we're going kind of on like a quarterly plan and we poke holes in what each other thinks and support each other along the way. Sometimes say, oh, that goal is maybe a little aggressive, like take some easier baby steps or, hey, have you thought about doing it this way? And um, we're really proud of you for sticking to this. So it's, it's really fun. Um, I'll let you go from there. All right, I'm going to go. How, how do you think about your goals? Do you think of it, you mentioned quarterly, um, but do you think like five years out? Um, yeah, do you have like a framework for that process? Yeah. Um, I've done like three-year goals, five-year goals, and I always found they were too far out and so easy to push off. 
you have to be thinking about it day to day. And if you're not, uh, five years can go by quickly. And maybe in the last year, you try to like sprint towards that finish line. So I find for me, it's too far out. So I like quarterly, but I also think it's important to have sort of a vision of where you want to go and not just you're banging away each quarter and you come up with something for the next quarter and you never really know like what, what your, where your heart wants to go. So I think some vision planning is important. Um, I also just think balance is good. So, you know, you want to be fit, you want to be healthy, you want to be wise. So you need some education element. You want good relationships. If you don't have those sort of what's the point you want growth. Um, I'm not big personally on spirituality and religion, but for a lot of people, that's really important. So you've got these different pillars of your life. And then probably within one of those pillars, there's some challenge that if you do conquer it, it's going to make a lot of other things better. I see our business as that way. I see my uh, relationship with my girlfriend that way as, as we do together as a pair. Like life's just easier, more fun. You've got a partner in crime, basically. Uh, so there's an argument for balance and there's an argument for like, what's the most important thing that's going to help the other things be better, either less painful, less suffering, or free up your time, bring more passion and energy into your life. Um, so those are some of the things I think about goals. I do like uh, quarterly goals. And there's a book called The 12-Week Year that's really good about how to do that. They say basically work for 12 weeks, use the 13th week to plan the next quarter and review the previous quarter. Uh, so that's kind of the framework that I've been working on for the last quarter or two. We use it in our business as well to drive primary objectives. Um, and what I do like about those quarterly goals is like stick to it through the almost no matter what because I found that back when I was doing those goal meetings I'd come up with goals but not stick to them I didn't know if they were working or give them enough of a chance so I kind of like the quarter because it's three months you get it going it's important to you because it's part of your vision on some level or at least it's a balanced part of your life potentially so whatever it is like stick through it for that those three months then reevaluate like don't give up too soon just the same as our first product failed, but then our second uh, really helped our business and created room for the, the next 28 products. So I like quarterly. I like sticking through it almost no matter what, unless it's unhealthy or really, really miserable. But even then, I almost like sticking through it. Then if you make it through the quarter, you're like, well, shit, <laughs> sorry, at least I did it. And like, okay, I have, to have confidence and trust in myself. Um, and then you can move from there and maybe have some better ideas next quarter. But I, th I think a three-year goal where you don't do anything, almost completely useless. But a quarterly goal where it's a bad goal, but you at least finish it, somewhat less useless than something you can build upon. Love that. Uh, how many goals do you usually set per quarter? In our business, we usually do two, two main objectives. And another thing about sticking with the goals is you don't change the plan on somebody else, especially those collaborative goals. It's like, here's what we're aiming for. Let's do it. Let's not pivot in the middle of the quarter and confuse everybody or people are working halfway along this. Then we're going to go work in a different or even opposite direction. So we'll do usually two or three in the business. And I think the 12 week year says like do two or three total, just because that's kind of as much as you can really like get after for three months. Um, but I kind of uh, have too many probably personally. Um, I try to do a lot of, uh, so we, I can run through my goals. I think I've got them here. I think I'd say I've got like eight for the quarter. Some are more like practices. So they're not as much like achieve it. And the next quarter would be eight brand new things. It's kind of like do that thing 
every quarter because mm -hmm. either committed to it or want it part of my vision so uh, for the quarter what i have so far is run a marathon uh, complete the design of one of our new products start a second weekly mastermind group um, some uh, study a real estate investment course play tennis once a week on average and prepare for a tennis league some business ones like outsourcing and hiring and moving the business forward that way. Um, go on eight dates for the year, or for, sorry, for the quarter, eight dates for the quarter. Um, read a book summary every day. And then there's some fitness maintenance stuff like lifting every Sunday, rowing three times a week, do some yoga, meditate, call my grandma, do the current, uh, mastermind that with the four people in it and uh, some savings goals. So it's kind of a lot of stuff. Those dates are with your girlfriend, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Just Absolutely. Wondering. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Hey. Like intentionally dating. That's really cool to keep it going. Hmm. Wow. I love that. Yeah. Hmm. Dude, Sam, you're on it. Just like <laughs> you, you, you found. I mean, it's not, it's not even like you, it's not even like you discovered something and it happened to work. Like you just, you just kept trying different things. And then now that it's working, you're just like, okay, these are my savings goals. These are the goals that I like fitness goals. These are um, goals for the business. Like this is for my girlfriend, like for me and my girlfriend, like, you're on that personal development hustle. And if you, if you keep at it, like 10 years from now, you're just going to be like, like a, a buff wise man with a big, with the big savings account. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Yeah. It's kind uh, of try to find things that work. And if they work, you stick to them and find what works for you and kind of your happy place. And I do like, achieving things i love to tackle a big goal like each sale that we get in our business i'm happy to see and proud of and as bank account goes up honestly that's really um, fitness goals and like running faster on a training session feels good so like a part of me is very ego driven where it's just like yes knock something out um, but then also like the masterminds and working with friends and seeing them knock stuff out um, i'm really proud of them and happy and glad to be a part of it so just try to be a good influence in the world and um, do things you're proud of so lucky luckily i've started to find a groove for a long time there i didn't feel like i had a groove and it's honestly like pretty depressed and uh, kind of struggling so friends kind of helped me through it and on exercise too i find that exercise really helps my mood so i just do those things that, that are working things that make me proud of who i am and things that help me like myself better and like want to engage with the day and do fun new projects and be around interesting people. So that's kind of, that I've kind of put it in a personal development structure and kind of very structured and maybe rigid and maybe maniacal, but uh, it's working all right. I don't know about you, Hugh, but when I listen to Sam talk, I, I have the feeling of like, I got to go do something. <laughs> <laughs> No, every single time I've talked to Sam and hear about him, I'm like, okay, everybody who talks about, you know, 
you can tell the quality of someone not just by meeting them but also by how people that are close to them talk about them and uh, not even lying but some of the people that i've heard feedback regarding sam has been uh, incredible every single time so it's been really such a pleasure getting to know you <laughs> it's been yeah, fun it's and this cool. is why like this is exactly why uh, kind of the other the other week we hopped on a call to talk about goals a bit and i was learning a bit more about it from them and how they do it and i was honestly blown away i was like wow i love i love the type of intentional thinking and motivational group and and really supportive environments that not just sam but the group that they've come together to create is is you know making happen so i think that's really cool yeah you just keep taking steps forward as much as sometimes those steps don't feel like they make sense or you're not making progress a step forward is progress a step forward is you know you got out of bed that day and did something and you're trying going after something so eventually if you have either the self-belief or the craziness or the support to keep moving it's pretty epic hey sam what is a book that you've read recently that has impacted you so i'll shout out the guys over at optimize it's optimize.me they do book summaries um, that's one of the things they do they're, they're also huge on like helping the world be a better place through teaching people and empowering people. Great um, thing to get into, but I've been reading their book summaries. Uh, really like all, they've got some awesome books. So um, Marcus Aurelius Meditations is a real good one. I, I'm kind of, I feel a little dumb, a little slow to get it. I'll read it and like, ah, I don't quite get it, but I think sort of meditating on those meditations is good. Um, you learn from a, pretty smart dude in a much tougher situation than we ever lived through uh, and kind of his notes to himself about how to stoically and um, good naturedly and with purpose uh, approach life and the future. So I'll go with meditations. Stoicism. Yeah, mm -hmm. so much there. So much there. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. And I know you, you read a lot. So do you have any other books that you also are interested in saying, or if not, that's fine too, but. Yeah. Uh, um, I was putting together a book list for my girlfriend yesterday because she's running a book club with some friends. So I was like, okay, what are some easy enough to get into and read in a couple of weeks and good books? Um, so there's Man's Search for Meaning. That's a classic a guy who survived the Holocaust and it's like, hey, all you people, here's what life's about. So it's it's really solid and empowering. Um, for entrepreneurs, there's the classic Rich Dad, Poor Dad, uh, which is just fun to read. And it's like, oh, I could be an entrepreneur. Uh, and honestly, that did help uh, me get into it. And it was pretty, pretty inspiring. And it's a little aggressive. It's a little dated, but it's also like, hey, you can do your own thing. Uh, the Four Agreements is good. It's a very, like, you can get through it pretty quick, and it's got some good concepts about treating other people well and uh, living a more peaceful life. Uh, the Alchemist is good. It's very personal development. It's like, you can make the world that you want, you know, uh, which is a pretty cool idea and sort of, sort of necessary, I don't know, to be an entrepreneur. And I just have fun with that. It's like, what can we make in the world? What can we see in the world? How do we want to be to bring about what 
what's in our head. Uh, so a lot of people like The Alchemist. So I thought it was okay. But uh, for other people for book club, I think it's a solid one. Um, the Speed of Trust, that's a really good one that I just read. It's, if you've heard the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, that's a super traditional personal development one uh, book. The Speed of Trust is written by the son of the man who wrote that one. And so it's kind of it's kind of cool because you're like, all right, this dad was all about personal development. He actually wrote about his son in that book. And then now the son is writing personal development books that are based on the teachings and learnings and everything and running personal development company. And basically speed of trust, trust in a nutshell is trust is super important. If you have it, things go smoothly and cost less. And if you don't have trust, costs go way up, time goes way up, friction goes way up. And I never really thought about trust that much before this book, but now I'm definitely all about it. Yeah, it seems so important. Business partnerships, relationships, friendships. If you have trust, you don't have to explain everything over and over again. You don't have to apologize for everything because like, oh, he's got back. Like he's acting like a uh, you know, poopy pants right now, but he's got my back. So I know that like whatever is going on with him right now, we're still good. Um, so that speed of trust, super solid. And I'll throw out relationship advice one. I haven't actually read this one. I read the optimized summary. It's ha called Happy Together. That one seems like a solid one. It's highly recommended by those guys. And the very last one, I'd say The Third Door. Um, after second, the, the third. It's a story about a guy who wanted to interview like Warren Buffett and Bill Gates. He's a, probably in like his 20s. And it's all about him like hustling to make these interviews happen. And it's pretty inspiring. And it's, it's just fun because he he was on like The Price is Right and he used that as his uh, foot in the door to talk to people because they'd be like, oh, did you hear about the kid who was on The Price is Right? He's like, oh yeah, and so tell his story and then he get his foot in the door and he met Larry King and sat with him you know, several weeks in a row and met a whole bunch of people. And it's really just the idea of the third door is like always finding a back entrance, finding a window to get in, you know, like drilling up through the, the bottom of the floor to get to this place that you want to get to. So it's pretty inspiring and create creative and just like, don't give up, keep going, be creative. If you have a goal, go after it. So I like that one too. I, love it. I knew it would be a good answer. Oh goodness. So awesome, man. <laughs> Time's really yeah. flown. What a convo. <laughs> yeah. Sam, you rock. Love it. <laughs> just like, dude. Sam, Sam in 10 years, I'm, I'm excited. Just running like a Amazon FBA empire. I don't know. I don't know what else, like maybe getting into other businesses. Um, I'm kind of curious what other projects you're either you yourself or like you and your partners are, are like, thinking of starting and it's okay it's okay if you don't want to if you don't want to share or if you want us to sign an NDA and discuss after um or, or are you interested in like staying in the Amazon ecosystem yeah we're definitely interested in it it's like why why stop something that's working and that we find meaningful we really do like hype up the meaningful aspect for ourselves and think about it a lot making products that our customers love and make their lives better. We feel, cause we sold somewhere roughly 45,000 things this year. 
just like that's 45,000 people who have our product, which is just freaking cool. And then when those product, if it's 45,000 kids in snuggly blankets, that's pretty cool. Uh, if it's couples talking and communicating better because of our box of cards, yeah, that's really cool. Uh, so why not get it to 100,000 units? Uh, so we think about that and launching more meaningful, bigger scale products. We think about eco-friendly products too. So that's kind of important to us. Uh, we don't necessarily do a great job there and we'd like to do better. So we don't have such an environmental footprint with our business that is great for us, but maybe not great for the planet. So we'd kind of like to do better there. Um, but we also want to live our lives. Like our biggest project is our lives and who we're becoming and how we treat other people and our relationships. So we're trying to be careful not to just like chase money and like grow the business too much. I also read a cool book called Rework and they have another book called, it's from the guys who make the software Basecamp, but they have another book called, I think work doesn't have to be crazy. And they're like, once you're a big company, you, you're going to wish you were a small company again. So as a small company, we're kind of taking that to heart now and never get to the big company stage. Uh, just because all the hassle, the bureaucracy, you bring people in and give them jobs that maybe don't excite them. But it's like, uh, let's do this kind of slow and organically, have fun with it, make meaningful stuff, and like make sure we focus on living our personal lives too. Stay healthy, stay educated, be good to people, um, go into the spirituality stuff if we can ever find a foot, foothold into that world. Um, so future projects are really ourselves as individuals. But uh, besides that kind of corny answer, um, my girlfriend is interested in real estate and you know, renting rental properties, maybe some Airbnb stuff. Um, I find real estate more boring, but it's boring because it works and it's not as exciting as like, oh, is this product going to take off or not? It's like, okay, you buy it and you rent it. You, you make your couple hundred bucks or a thousand bucks a month. This is just my pretty ignorant opinion of real estate. So if anybody's into real estate or you know, offended by it, sorry. But uh, <laughs> to me, it's a little more boring. And But it's stable, so it's a good diversification play. I kind of like focus over diversification, but that's because we've been lucky so far. And we've done well in our sort of single-minded focus uh, besides having like a, a attention carved out for our personal lives too. Uh, by focusing so much on Amazon, it's working, it's paying us. Why not double down on that? But then other people are, from the outside are like, oh, diversify, make sure you diversify or else you could lose it all. It's like, okay, people will diversify a little bit. So we might get into some real estate stuff sort of begrudgingly, but maybe fiscally responsibly. So we'll look into that. Um, Decker wants to hike all the Colorado 14ers, all the mountain peaks over 14,000 feet. I think there's 58 of them. So he'd like to do that in the next couple years. So that's a big project. Um, we're getting into marathon running. So that, that could, that'll be cool. We'll see if we have, we're hoping to do our next marathon end of March or our first marathon really end of March and then see where we go from there. Um, I'm gonna be playing a lot of tennis. That's gonna be fun. Um, but business-wise, we've kind of tried to keep blinders on and just be like all those shiny objects, we want nothing to do with you. Like crypto right now, it's like, oh, crypto is cool. It's like, no, forget crypto. We don't need that in our lives. We have Amazon. It works. Um, there's always something to be said for paying attention to new ideas and new trends and getting in early. But there's also something to be said for not paying attention to any of that crap and stay in your lane as long as it's working and you're having fun. So that, I don't really have any big projects planned other than that. 
I've always been interested, or not always, but in the last 10 years, interested in like life extension and lifespan stuff, helping people live longer and kind of what that possible world could be. And Decker's uh, had an interest in science for a long time. So I could see some science in our future, maybe. Um, we'll see. Like you said, it's uh, bringing out the 10-year Sam over time and uh, getting fitter and smarter, hopefully. Um, Charlie Munger says, he's Warren Buffett's business partner. He says, if like next year, you don't look back on the way you were before and think, oh, that guy was an idiot. Like you're not growing enough. You're not learning enough. So I just hope each year I'll learn more and look back on uh, my dumb self in the past and be like, oh, if only you knew. But also, like I said about um, what would I do differently? It's like, well, just approach every day as best I can and uh, open heart and good to other people and just keep moving forward. And whatever projects come up that check a lot of boxes for us, for us, then we'll be all about those. Have you read Poor Charlie's Almanac? Oh, yeah. Dude, that's like, yeah, that's like, a, it's like one of my favorite books from, I don't know how old I was when I, when I had it, but it's, it's so, it's so weird. It's like an 80, it's like a textbook, but I, yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I like the down to earth, kind of no nonsense, kind of irreverent wisdom of Charlie Munger. Yeah, yeah. He he's he's informed a lot of my thinking around around investments and and uh, just like love his idea of like having a lot of different skill sets so that not every problem looks like a I'm I'm messing up the phrasing, but like not every problem looks like a nail and you only have a hammer, something like that. <laughs> um, Got it. Yeah. Love yeah, that super guy. cool. Um yeah, Hugh. I we should uh find that book for you in the library, even though it's like eighty dollars. I love it. I'll read it someday. This is so cool. This is exactly it. This is exactly what I thought would happen in this podcast. I just like sitting back and kind of <laughs> listening to you two go. <laughs> oh, I guess it's been an hour. Uh, shoot. Sam, do you have any words of wisdom and or parting thoughts for our listeners? I would go with, you know, if you're in a hard place and depressed or like negative self-talk, beating yourself up, feel like you made mistakes, um, know that it can get better. You, know, you do have to work at it, but like when you're in those, a really low place, like don't, don't, uh, try to take it easier on yourself like it can get better it's not all your fault it's not irrevocable um just put one one foot in front of the other and make the best decisions you can and you know, aim towards a better future for you and for other people you heard it here first <laughs> goodness well i think with that is the perfect segue into wrapping up another episode of the moon tea podcast everybody just want to say thank you so much sam like thanks for making the time to come on and 
honestly spread some really good wisdom and kindness and you know I, I definitely feel like if anyone if no one else listened to this I think John and I both feel a bit more inspired for sure so just want to say thank you so much and yeah this is an episode everybody else I mean a podcast sorry this is a podcast where we talk about craft community and building meaningful careers and this is another week gone by until next time see ya peace thank you guys see you guys <laughs> thanks oh, totally. and then we have one other thing we forgot to to say we're just going to add this on here really quick sam is there anything else you wanted to add on to promote or give a shout out for if anyone can follow if anyone wants to follow your work or yeah yeah uh honestly i didn't mind it being forgotten because i didn't have a whole lot to plug and i'm not the pluggiest but um you can find our um, shopify stores i guess you can find the conversation cards at prompta which is like a conversation prompt p-r-o-m-p-t-a dot store you can find the glow in the dark stuff at rayliad.com which is r-a-y-l-i-a-d.com and then what else we got what's the other one Oh, you can go to um, Poetry Tiles, like floor tiles, poetrytiles.store for one of our products that we didn't talk about, but is uh, pretty fun. It's a magnetic poetry that you can put on your fridge and make poems and sentences and actually find out that you know, it can be kind of lyrically creative and witty without any effort. <laughs> I can attest. I've seen this on the, the fridge of our friends and it's been quite fun. So. <laughs> Take the intimidation of poetry and like I'm not a poet I can't write poetry and then make it really stupid easy to make poems it's pretty cool we'll put those in the links below those links below in the description <laughs> cool bye everybody again that was great <laughs> <laughs>